an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. He just looked at me and he was like, hey, you're a kid at a party. You made a mistake. Like, what is it going to take for you to forgive yourself? In that moment, my body, my body went completely warm. And it was like, I felt such immense love from God, the universe, whatever you want to say, or myself, it was like, oh, wow, what if I'm holding, because I remember being like, this is all my fault. If I would have done that, if I could have just been stronger, I didn't have to fit in. In that moment, I was able to give myself permission to start to forgive myself. And in that moment, and I remember a knowingness, it was like, either it was the voice of my higher self or God, it wasn't like I heard a male voice or anything like that. It was just like a voice of knowingness that was very neutral and calm. It's like, hey, you're going to be okay. It's not going to be easy, but you're going to pull through it. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. Today on the podcast, I have Jen McNerney, and I am very excited to introduce you to her. She is a very good friend of mine, and she walks the talk. She is so involved in energy, constantly learning and sharing her truth. She's really an amazing human being. In fact, I'll tell you a story about how I met Jen. It's pretty funny. First, let me welcome you to the show, Jen. Oh, well, thank you, Amy. I'm like a little kid, and I don't know if I can like look at you without <laughs> giggling. So I'm going to try hard. No, I'm just really honored to be on your show because I listen to your podcast and I just love what you're putting out there and how you interview people and how it's, it's yeah, just really excited and honored. So thank you. Well, thank you for being here. So Jen, how many years have you been in Colorado? Four, five? A little over five. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like five years ago, Jen shows up to the same class that I show up to and it's called Awakened Woman. And she sits next to me and we're all introducing ourselves and she goes first and she's like, I just moved here to Colorado like this week. <laughs> and she's like, I have two two-year-olds and a four-year-old or almost five-year-old or something like that. And I just had to come here for my own sanity. And I needed to be here among you beautiful women and like learning from you guys. And I was like, oh my God, she's so badass. Like who does that? <laughs> I was like thinking in my head, I'm like, I have a three-year-old and I'm struggling and just one kid. Like I can't even imagine if I move states. And it was also like Christmas time too. Yeah. So- you know, it's so funny. I like, it was like my lifeline. I had signed up when I was still living in California, which was crazy. So nuts. <laughs> Anyway, so I was like, I got to get to know her. So and sure enough, here we are five years later, we've been friends, learned yeah. so much from each other and have so such a good time always talking about poop parasites, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the things. Is. And we both enjoy coffee and tequila. So 
exactly. <laughs> She's a soul sister. It, it, yes, it feels very much we're a soul family. <laughs> yes. So Jen is also a speech therapist by training and also a certified NET practitioner. So NET is that neuroemotional technique that I had interviewed Dr. John about. That's where you mm-hmm. found out about it. And then you got yes. certified. And yeah. It is such an awesome technique. So I'm really excited for you to talk about that as well. Just oh, yeah. More it's nuances so much. And how you used it to help yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then also you're a Reiki master. So yes. <laughs> and a mother. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I guess when you're like a mother of four, you just need all the tools. Yes, <laughs> so definitely. Just... And you have been on your own healing journey because you were yes. diagnosed with Lyme disease and your kids as well. You've been working on that for the last five years or probably so. yeah like well years. actually yeah I mean I also had breast implants that were complicating things and so it was like after I got those removed that I really learned that I had Lyme disease and it was just from a, a mutual friend that we have that I think she might have been on your I can't yeah, remember yeah, she's, Kim, she's, Kim, yeah. Kim's been on your podcast yeah. yeah so she was really the one that encouraged me to get tested because she was noticing some like symptoms like rashes on my kids too so I'm just grateful for her because the sooner we got the Lyme under control with my kids the better right so right right very grateful for her yeah you saw a huge turnaround in their ability to communicate right Absolutely. I mean, my twins were almost like labeled autistic. So yeah, Lyme disease and co-infections and what we had and parasites. Parasites are a big deal. Those were really impeding their speech and language development and just their behaviors and inflammation, neuroinflammation especially can really make you look like you're checked out and not Mm -hmm. able to pick up on social cues and and those sort of things. So yeah, it's wild. There's so many things we could talk about. I don't even know. (laughs) And I just, you know, for one second, I just want to say how much I love PJ, your husband, because he's so supportive of all of this. Like he is right there with you, helping you, supporting you through this journey uh, to heal yourself, help heal the kids. He tries the shit that you tell him to try. I know. I mean, I really, I really, yeah, so much gratitude for him. When we first met, he just saw my soul. And it's been a beautiful journey with him because none of this would be possible without having a supportive partner. And I know you know that as mm-hmm. well. We share about our partners and yeah. So thank he's you for awesome. shouting, he giving you a shout out. To you. Oh, and he's yeah. letting me use this room, his, his, yeah. his, his podcast room. <laughs> he also lets you go on getaways and trips. Yeah. Yes. He he's very like, he does. Yeah. I just came back from Montana. He lets me get away just to rejuvenate. Sometimes it looks like a trip to Blackhawk for gambling. You know, he's, he's supportive of all the things. <laughs> he's awesome. You guys met online. I remember you telling me yep, several years back and it was mm-hmm. like, didn't he know and he wanted... He knew that like the very first day and he like said it. I think I was texting a friend like, I'm either going to be murdered or this is like the real deal. Like, you know, it was like those thoughts because I had had so many... I don't know, terrible, terrible, horrible dates (laughs) that dating in LA was no joke. (laughs) I I bet. Yeah, I can imagine. So Jen, I know that you've had a serious dark night of the soul and I want you to share that dark night of the soul because it really plays into your life lesson and what I love so much about you that you express within this world. Which yes. is so interesting because I just said express because you are a speech therapist and like, it's yeah. like you've been trying to pull all the things in how to like fully express who you are on this planet. It is so true. And it's become important for me to help others have a unique voice in this world. So for me, my sort of dark night of the soul happened when I was 
17. So like, or the summer of junior year going into senior year. And, you know, just to kind of, I was, I'm, I'm still a habitual people pleaser. I'm still trying to undo that programming, but being the people pleaser, um, teenager, I mean, I was in, as an, on the honor society, captain of the soccer team, da, 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 whatever, all those accomplishments that, you know, make you feel like this, if I do all these things, people will like me, you know? Yeah. And, and so I was at a party. I just knew I was, I was always pretty tuned in to energy, like the feelings of others. And so I was just kind of a quirky kid and a quirky means an even quirkier teenager, probably so desperately trying to fit in. And I was at a party and I am not cool. I'm still not cool. I'm actually <laughs> owning that. I'm not cool. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just quirky and this is who I am. And so I was at a party and I was offered like, it looked like just like little piece of paper. And I'm like, Oh, that's cute. They're like, put this on your tongue. It's going to be like an amazing movie. I had no, like, I literally didn't even say no, because in that moment, I wanted to fit in so desperately and everybody was doing it. And I'm like, well, you know, it couldn't be that bad. And plus, part of me is very curious. So yeah. I just, I put this little piece of paper that dissolved on your tongue, not knowing that it was LSD. <laughs> and, you know, being who I am, I'm a pretty sensitive individual. So like, you know, just any sort of antibiotic that my mom ever put me on or, you know, going to the doctor that the antibiotics were really big when we, when I was growing up Um, and I would just react to them. So, you know, what could go wrong? Dropping acid at a party. (laughs) Um, And everything went wrong. (laughs) But even in that dark night, which I can only, and I'll try to sum it up because I've done a ton of healing work around this, a ton of NET. There's like always an event that can come back where there's layers of healing. And this is my big, big time event. Literally, I went into a psychosis. So if you drop acid once, you might have like a good trip or a bad trip and, and it can stay in your system. It kind of, it, it kind of just like sticks in your spinal column yeah, for many, sure. many years. Yeah. So like, and, you be, like grocery shopping and then all of a sudden it gets like released. And yes. Can, like, so that happened. So that happened my whole senior year. Like it, I actually went into a flashback on prom night. Like it was oh just. How do I you say this? You were getting this? lots of visions of things. Lots of like, visions. I mean, there was there there were some good things that came of it. Like I remember the night of. I mean, granted, it was like very dark. It was like I was. It was always like I was wrestling with the shadow or my shadow, whatever that is. Dark energy, which I've learned that I can sense trickster energy, and maybe it's because of that event that happened at 17, but it was, it was a really wild ride. And I, I still want to shout out to my, my mom who was dealing with very uncharted waters with this whole situation, having to take me and my dad too. I think like, I think they might've gotten a bunch of gray hairs during that time. Um, <laughs> but they were taking me to different, I mean, we had HMO at the time. So we had to go to different like counselors to get to the psychiatrist. And I had to be put on some major antipsychosis medicines. In hindsight, being 2020, my Lyme ties into this because I think I had Lyme disease like as like a teen. And so when you have those Lyme and co-infections and you add something like this, like a drug, I think it just made things, it just complicated things so much worse. And when I was going through a thorough history with my Lyme doctor, she's like, oh yeah, like absolutely Lyme disease probably complicated that for you even more. So 
yeah, I was hallucinating, hearing voices, um, really not sure if I was ever going to be sane again, which mm. caused me to have suicidal thoughts. Right. Which, and, yeah, further, like just the not knowing is always just like, the not knowing. And then the beautiful, but there was so many like beautiful things that happened from that, like being just paired, like my prom date was a, a friend and he, he was praying and asking the Holy Spirit to help him when I was like actually having a flashback. And then he became, he went on to become a Methodist pre, I don't know if they call him priest in the Methodist church or uh pastor, yeah. whatever. My sister happened to be going through her psychiatry rotation when I was like seeing things <laughs> and hearing voices and like the television was talking to me. And I remember being in my grandma's house and she was like watching Maury Povich. And I was like, that's like not, it's like a low vibe show in my opinion. <laughs> and so I remember thinking like there was like these messages coming through the TV and it, it was really a, a very interesting journey. And it's still tied in to my adulthood just because like, even I didn't want to meditate because I was like, Oh my gosh, what if I see something or what if it like triggers a flashback? Because things like for me, it was lack of sleep on on prom night triggered that flashback, having too much caffeine. I remember being in a soccer game and I was like, I had a flashback during the soccer game and I had to like pull myself out. I'm like, coach. But at the same time, I was hiding what was really going on. Like, I think my parents and this is, I know if my mom listens to this, like, this is just what you had to do to protect your child. I think like they I think they told everybody I had mono, which I did eventually get mono. So that wasn't completely a lie. <laughs> but there was just some mental illness has been such a taboo yeah, um, subject. So, so yeah. So my whole senior year and then even going into freshman year, I think the moment that I turned around and knew I was going to be okay was going to the psychiatrist's office and I even remember his name and like the whole situation. And it was at night. It was in downtown Chicago. I was still like kind of having hallucinations. I'm sitting in there and, and he was like a conduit of spirit. And it wasn't like I heard God or source say something. It was more like my higher self just had a clear knowingness, clear cognizance that everything was going to be okay we were going through the history and what had happened. And I, I really didn't know if I was going to pull through. And I didn't feel like this was a way of living. I told him I had thought about ending my life and that I had plans. I knew how I'd do it. And it was more or less like, if I don't feel like there's hope pulling through, that I would look at this in my throat. is like having a hard time with this. Just tell myself it's okay. He just looked at me and he was like, hey, you're a kid at a party. You made a mistake. Like, what is it going to take for you to forgive yourself? In that moment, my body, my body went completely warm. And it was like, I felt such immense love from God, the universe, whatever you want to say. And or myself, it was like, oh, wow, what if I'm holding because I remember being like, this is all my fault. If I would have done that, if I could have just been stronger, I didn't have to fit in. In that moment, I was able to give myself permission to start to forgive myself. And in that moment, and I remember a knowingness, it was like, either it was the voice of my higher self or God, it wasn't like I heard a male voice or anything like that. It was just like a voice of knowingness that was very neutral and calm. It's like, hey, you're going to be okay. It's not going to be easy, but you're going to pull through it. 
And then that moment was when the medicine started to work, right? Start to get off the medications and as the drugs, which they think it was laced with some other, some other gnarly stuff that I didn't look up yet. <laughs> Cause I'm like, ah, you know, in that moment, I started to heal. Ever since then, like everything that's like become a challenge has always been about me trying to fit in. <laughs> So I'm now in my 40s and there's something magical about being in your 40s because I'm like, fuck it. I just got to be myself. Yeah. Like, I love that. There's, about you. <laughs> it's like at this point, like how many times do I have to learn that lesson over and over again that things don't go well for me personally when I try to fit in? <laughs> Bernie Brown has a talk around that, that the more that you try to fit in, the less you actually feel like you belong. And Harvard has done a study and I interviewed Jessica Pettit, who also talked about that study and about what she's noticed being uh, an expert talking around the world, uh, you know, about fitting in and uh, belonging. Yeah. And, you know, I I really do feel like we all have those like core (laughs) lessons that we're really working through in this lifetime. And, you know, uh, Jen and I are now playing soccer together, which is so (laughs) awesome. So fun. (laughs) I, I, totally, I don't know that we fit in with those like 20 something girls, but we are just owning our own matter. age, right? <laughs> it does not matter. So we, we are having a good time, but except for I on Friday night, it hurt my knees, so I couldn't go. But as I'm laying in bed, like in extreme pain all weekend, I'm like, what? The actual F. (laughs) I was like, why am I laying here? Because I broke my back when I was 16 years old and um, my soccer career was taken away. And I was like, I was so happy playing soccer on Monday. And then on Friday, I'm, you know, running across the floor with trying to be competitive (laughs) with Aiden. I I, like spin out. My knees go in the opposite directions and I hear like, you know, a pop on both knees. Like it's usually you hurt one knee, not both. Not both at the same time. Yeah. So it was really, really tough. I had a lot of thinking to do over the weekend. I was like, wow, here comes another lesson of like, you know, speaking your truth. Like it was yet the next level. Like I was like, okay, Amy, because I've known this for like the last two months. I'm trying to find really who I am 100%, like without trying to fit in, without trying to belong. It was a lot of time to uh, think. (laughs) And I was like, here's another layer of that lesson, you know? Well, right. And and it's so interesting because I even, when you asked me, and I know we'd been talking about this for a while about doing soccer, because it was such a big part of our lives and our identities, correct? Like, I mean, when soccer ended... Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't sure how I was going to do with the competitive energy because sometimes PJ, my husband, will say, oh, there's Chicago Jen. Like, cause he just, he equates like that sort of Chicago, New York when, when I get competitive, cause I, I still have that. I'm trying to blow those competition pictures. But, um, yeah, I almost didn't want, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this because I'm not this, I'm not the player I once was. And this will be very humbling, but it's also, been a really good lesson and I'm just trying to like foster my inner child when I'm playing and not worry that yeah I mean I think that first game I I went to go trap the ball and just fell before the ball even got to me and and my brain was like I had a beautiful move in my mind and my body was like nope not today (laughs) so so it's very humbling yeah 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 yeah. no there's definitely some instances where I was trying to get the ball and I did not Um, yes yeah I was like oh it was right there (laughs) or kicking it even I'm like I kick the ball all the time I don't know that ball is different though Ben was telling me that the ball is different I forgot about that 
fitting in has been your cross to bear, I should say, kind of like, you know, the feeling that you should fit in, but trying to belong. Yes, it has. I mean, I think I still struggle with it. You know, in this world, you try to, when you're trying to attract clients, whether it's a speech client or Reiki or NET, we have this pressure on social media to brand ourselves or sell ourselves or like, what is different about you? Especially within the speech language pathology realm, because I'm a little different. I think working with kids that have been labeled autistic or sensitive or sensory, the kid, those kids that like, I don't know, I'm like a beacon for those kids. And they're the ones that really taught me about energy. And I'm mm-hmm. super grateful on my journey that they, <laughs> I had to start honing in on my energy field because like, you know, you can fake it with a smile. And if you're not feeling it like happy on the inside or like if that's not matching, these kids knew, yeah. these kids and teens knew right away. But yeah, so I think I still struggle with like, I'm different and I don't know how to, I mean, and I'm like, maybe I don't have to, you just like, you just be you and those people, they'll be attracted to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but it led me to just learning about techniques that is all about the autonomic nervous system. You're either in fight or flight, freeze, or you're in rest and digest. And most of the kids that I see are in a perpetual state of fight or flight. So none of my traditional speech techniques really can work right in the long term if somebody's in that state of being. So, so important that everything's evolving, right? Where it's becoming more obvious that there is energy, there is this fight or flight that needs to be calmed down before the nutrition is effective, before the speech therapy is effective, before anything really (laughs) is going to really have the healing capacity that it could. That's just so beautiful that you realize that and you've now combined those techniques. And I know you do this really amazing therapy with horses with kids who are yes. on the spectrum, right? That just happened. The owner, her name is Amy. She's a physical therapist and she has this gorgeous ranch out in like long, between Longmont and Boulder. It's called Front Range Hippotherapy. I think I met her actually through the same, like, I feel like we have Stacia. <laughs> it's like, I call her like the, the Kevin Bacon of the, Kevin, the grandmaster who like ties us all together somehow. So yeah, she walked into like a mom's space and Stacia had introduced us. And I think at the time she was ramping up her doula business and she's like, well, Jen's a speech therapist. And she's like, Hey, if you know, I have this ranch, if you want to come out and do speech therapy while kids are on horses. And I was like, yes, I had looked into like how dolphins and I also swam with dolphins mm-hmm. and how just like their energy and the, the sound waves and how they can, they healed somebody's cancer, their tumor shrunk after swimming with the dolphins. And I'm like, what? there is something I so. I know that. Yes. This lady had her cancer tumor like completely go away after just spending like a summer swimming with dolphins. They just knew how to heal her. You know that dolphins can tell whether a woman is pregnant or not. Yes. Even before yes. she knows. Yeah. And that was like part of it. It's so interesting. I was supposed to do this whole camp. I like had it all set up and manifested. And then I got, I mean, blessing. I mean, everything hindsight 2020. I ended up being pregnant, finding out I was pregnant with my, my dad had passed. And then I found I was pregnant with my daughter, my firstborn, Chloe. And so that kind of shelved that dolphin experience and going and being the speech therapist that was like working with and seeing like doing speech therapy after the kids swam with the dolphins and hippotherapy, which is the Latin word, which I think like in my mind, I just want to see a hippo, <laughs> but it totally it's horse, to me. <laughs> horse therapy. 
the Latin word for a horse is hippo, which is bizarre. The horses do a very similar thing with the autonomic nervous system. Sometimes nonverbal kids that are labeled autistic, they'll hum. And, I, and, and my theory is that they're trying to engage that vagal nerve. Totally. Like it, it, and so he, when he was trying to balance his own vagus nerve, he hums. And apparently he does this all the time. He had one session on a horse. And it was like my first client started up in the spring session and he was quiet. The horse and his connection, and you could just see it. God, they were like one. Like, no. They, yeah, he stopped humming. His mom couldn't believe it. She's like, this is a miracle. And it wasn't like he like got off the horse and started humming again. It lasted. Mm-hmm. Like it lasted. He ha- He doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't do the high pitch humming. And I don't know that that would happen for every individual, but right. there was definitely something so magical that happened in that session. And I got to witness it. And I just, now I'm like, I didn't know that I love horses so much. And I, I mean, I'm working on PJ for a first getting some land and then getting a horse. Oh my so. gosh. No. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, we have three dogs. We could use, I mean, what, what's another horse? Your house is that so too? crazy. I love when yeah. I come over. It's, it reminds yeah. me of when I was a child because you have three dogs and four kids. And, and it's bananas. Exactly. So the, the horse, because of what I know of horses, you know, horses, they have a huge energy and they're mm-hmm. like, so they can sense when somebody is spooked or scared or any yeah. kind of energy and emotion that yes. they're experiencing. So it's really important for them to feel safe, obviously with the person. So how do you introduce a kid who's humming, who clearly is not feeling safe, gets on the horse? Like they have, there's some sort of communication, maybe like, I'm going to help you. I don't know. That's pretty interesting. Well, you know, and I, and I know I always ask like permission from the horse or the spirit, like, cause I do give the horses Reiki, like in between my sessions, like I don't market myself like, Hey, I'm doing Reiki. I don't do that. I more or less make sure my energy is clean. Mm -hmm. I mean, clean as in like that I'm neutral, clean, neutral is the better word neutral the horses that amy has like she has to make sure they're good hippotherapy horses if they've got their own traumas or issues she works with them she has amazing volunteer trainers that will work with them somehow it works out beautifully i just think (laughs) and a lot of times like you can look at the personality of the horse and then the child or the teen and sometimes they have like a similar energy and they just kind of sync up together and it's kind of, it's really beautiful to witness. And, and, you know, for me, some of the individuals that I work with were, are considered nonverbal and I, and I have, I, you know, I have my picture symbols or try to get some sort of functional communication, but half the time, it's just like the experience They're they're bliss. Like some of these, it, some of these individuals, you can just tell they're like blissed out. And some of these individuals that are nonverbal, I feel like are just angels walking on earth. Like their right. energy is so, so high vibe. You just can't help but be so happy in their presence and just like, yeah. So it's just a, it's been a really great experience for me just because it's different. It looks different than some of the speech therapy that in settings I've worked in before. So awesome. It's so outside the box mm-hmm. and I love it. 
the heart rate variability of the horse yes. and stuff with the heart rate variability. Of yes. The okay. Yes. And I wear my, I mean, I know like technology, you know, love hate relationship with technology, but I have my Apple watch and like after I'm either I'm, if I'm giving, if I'm doing any tea on somebody as like, like my heart rate variability goes up, like when I'm around the horses, like I can look and be like, Oh, it actually, it measured while I was at hippo and look how hot, like it's wild. It's cool to see that, you know, when just how we are energetic beings and we all benefit from each other when we're actually connecting with our authentic higher selves. So Jen, what would you tell your inner child or your younger self about your journey to help you really get through it? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I still have to talk to her. It's it's the conscious parenting. I think I'm getting to do a lot of healing by giving those messages to my own kids about just be you, like, you know, permission. And that would be another thing is like giving myself permit my inner child permission to just be me and playful. I mean, sure, we had we had things going on in the the background of my upbringing that presented itself as challenging as if you're a sensitive kid. But yeah, I think it would just be to kind of follow your bliss and play more play. Definitely. We all need to play more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when I went out into the desert with a shaman and he introduced me to my inner child, which at the time I hadn't really had much experience with that understanding. Sure. And so for years I would be in New York City with that inner child and I'd like check in. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> one particular time I was driving. I looked back into like the backseat, you know, through my third eye. And I was like, oh, hey, she's like there. And she was was all grumpy. And I was like, whoa, dude, what's wrong? Right. She was like, you don't play enough. And I was like, oh, that's so true. Yep, you're right. And so I was like, okay, okay, I promise that we're going to do something fun. Yeah. And just that like little checking in. I felt so much better. It's like you had mentioned after playing soccer that your spirit yes. felt so much lighter and mine too. The world and all the things that are happening didn't matter. The it podcast did and sessions coming up and all the other things that I would normally be like preparing and worrying. And I'm not to say that I'm like a huge worrier or anything, sure. but I was just yeah. like, it's all going to work but out. All the like, things. I just had this like feeling of like all is well in the world. And then I yes. you know, hurt myself, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like, there's always that. Yeah, soccer was something I excelled at as a little girl, but it wasn't just about like being good at soccer. It was like the way that the grass smelled. It was like I was just really tuned into environments and I just liked being on the field. I liked even the smell of gross shingar. Like there was just certain scents that like, or the, you know, like, it's like, yeah, there was just like funny things like even on, after we had our first indoor soccer game, like that heartburn, like that weird, like, oh my gosh, like those short sprints that remind, that's why I think my voice is still a little like raspy because I had that same heartburn last night after playing. But yeah, there's just so many things that reminded me of my inner child or that little girl that was having fun playing. And it didn't matter that I was, that I'm not good anymore. It was no, fun. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I really feel like the reason why I loved it was because it wasn't a way for me to express who I really was at the time. Being a twin, I was always compared to my sister and it was really just like my time of separation from her and being able to do mm. my thing. So healing. And my favorite sound is the sound of the ball going down. Oh yeah. That's the netting <laughs> huh, yeah. side netting. It's like, 
Yeah. So great. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yes. Jen, it's been so awesome talking to you. Is there anything else you want to talk about with regard to fitting in and belonging? No, not really. I guess like I do want to chat. Well, I guess you already had a podcast about neuroemotional technique. I'm like that. I'm that weirdo that's always talking about it just because not weirdo. That's not the right word. I guess because it's, it's helped me heal so much. But what I'm noticing, even when I give NET to others, there's like a theme and it's usually about fitting in, or at least the clients I've been attracting is being authentic, being yourself. Neuroemotional technique is just a really beautiful technique in, in terms of taking the charge and providing more neutrality about like the different events, traumas, I guess you can call my dark night of the soul or, or dropping acid at 17. Still, it's still bananas to say it's that so, out loud. It's so <laughs> sounding, but I know how like nerdy and, you know, just, you yeah, because I was the same. I mean, if I was at a party, thank God I wasn't trying to fit in. I just sure. knew I didn't fit in and I wasn't ever going to fit in. I don't know. I had so that good sense. for you. So I, I yeah. never really like, had that opportunity to really fuck up that badly, but not, right. not, not no judgment or anything. Well, right. you know, no, no, like, there is, there is absolutely no judgment at all. I mean, I, well, I've already told that. Yeah. I just had that. I've already told bit. my nine-year-old about the experience and she was so cute. She was like, mom, like, why would you like try to like, why would you do that? Like to her, it just sounded in, insane. And I'm like, maybe I'm doing something right as a parent. She's yeah. like, <laughs> You know, she thinks like it's bananas to try to fit in. (laughs) So I guess that's really it. That was a big event for me and working with these really sensitive kids that are labeled autistic. And and some of the kids I meet now with my Lyme journey, I am like, hmm, do they have Lyme disease? It's one of those things where if they don't fit like that traditional autism label or mold, I'm always a little curious. Once I build a relationship with the family or the parents, I can with my own journey, with healing my kids, getting them into remission with Lyme and my own journey and knowing how it feels to have brain fog and joint pain. And, you know, I'm able to like help the the family structure. And now using NET, like there's, we have traumas, like the trauma of maybe first finding out your, your kid is being labeled autistic. Like I can do NET on the parents or the family system. A lot of times it's not just about treating the child. I've learned it's about the whole dynamic in their whole beingness. It's been a really cool journey to like experience it firsthand and and heal and, and continue to heal. It's like a lifelong journey, but then to be able to offer it, to feel like you're in a space where you can offer that healing to somebody else or they are doing the healing, but just be the facilitator in the healing or helping. So Jen, for the audience, just tell them how NET really works real quick. Sure. So Dr. Scott Walker and his wife, Dr. Deb Walker, they're amazing people. He came up with the technique. I think what his story, and I'm gonna botch it, but in a, in a sense, he he's a chiropractor, traditionally trained as a chiropractor, but was noticing after he would do the adjustments, people had patterns, and it was like based on the emotions. He would adjust them, and then that same area, like your issues get stored in the tissues, kind of thing. Right. And I think he had also studied like acupuncture. So it's like a whole bunch of like these, it's science based and it's really based on the autonomic nervous system too. Like where you, 
you have your your subconscious mind and and you have your neocortex and your like thinking mind and a lot of times you either and I know you've had the technique done to you so you might even be able to describe it based on how how it worked for you but you either have they call it mind entry or body entry. So like you may say like, I'm okay with fitting in. So I had to do that. That's still a lifelong thing. And I bet you if I checked it with somebody or Dr. Don, who was doing a lot of NEC on me, if you use the muscle test, which is kind of like, if your if your body is congruent or neutral with that, it should should your your muscle test should stay strong but if you're not a congruent it'll go weak and it'll just and then in your body just kind of and there's pulse points and it just kind of goes in and it hones in on the emotion and what it that's about and it just kind of gives you a way to explore where your different emotions or traumas got stored it's a body stress technique I do really enjoy the scientific way of going about finding it you know yes. there are certain questions that you ask mm-hmm. the body and then you get a yes or a no and then you keep going down that path and, and your body questions. is always going to tell and a lot of times yeah. like like even myself having it done or even other people I do it on they're like kind of shocked and then it brings kind of brings it to their awareness that like there might be something more there to explore I was just recently helping a friend who's going like doing some NETs going through like a divorce and it was like some of the stuff that we repress in the body you can go back in time and see like where did that sort of emotional complex didn't that didn't really fully resolve because it gets kind of stored in your meridian system and and so little things could remind you of that same energy that just like light that sort of area up. For me, I had strep throat, which is funny that I'm a speech language pathologist because finding my voice has been my journey. Fifth grade, I mean, I must have had strep throat like seven times. I almost took my tonsils out <laughs> because I was having so much issues with that. But yeah, there's like a lot of times when I'm doing NET, like I can even just touch my body and then we can kind of go in and you ask a series of questions. Like usually it's about money or love and you go in and tweak it out. You can go to netmindbody.com and like watch some videos and um, it's really amazing technique. It's, it's really amazing. fast. I mean, it's really, yes, the way it That's takes longer to explain it than it does to do it. It does, know? right? Yeah, like if I have a willing and able person, I'll just be like, let me just show you. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, <laughs> with becoming a NT practitioner, we do it. There's a lot of conferences where you go and it's like heal the healer. And the next one's coming up in October in Sedona, Arizona. And always feel so much lighter when I come back from those because we just go through and we're like, boom, 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 boom. And we hone in on getting better at our technique, but we also get a bunch of healing. That happens. That's the best part about being a healer is you yes. always get a, a healing when you do a healing. Yes. Yeah. Jen, and I love you. I love you. So yeah, I love you. And that's what I love you. about your podcast is that I, I can listen to your podcast and get so much from it just because oh, like you. you are doing all that energy behind the scenes and the frequency. And so I appreciate you. <laughs> Well, you're welcome. Joe, Jen, tell everybody where they can find out more about you. I have like two websites that are under construction. I think I'm finally ready to be like, you know what? I I, I need some help. So (laughs) wait, hold on a second. Your husband is like super geek. Exactly. But he's not like graphic designer, like design my website. But yeah, like he like tech support. He, he's, he always jokes that I married him for tech support. I mean, I married him for so much more, but the tech support is really nice. But yeah, mindfullittletalkers.com has all my speech language pathology stuff on there. I do see adults too. And then jenmcnerney.com. Yeah. You're amazing, beautiful light in this world. And thank you for being here.
All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show, website, or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.